It's Cash Color Cannabis, a high level of conversation on livehiphopdaily.tv. And this episode is sponsored by Atlantibus Clothing. Atlantibus Drug Lords and our Return to Vipers collections are all available now at atlantibusclothing.com. Head to the store and shop today. Uh, so I got a, a super dope guest in the building. You know, normally it's, it's, it's a super rarity when I can have somebody who's not in Atlanta in on the show. It's almost like a coordinated effort we'd have to do. But I lucked out and just having to be seen stalking your Instagram. <laughs> Saw that you was in town. And um, like I say, I have a great guest in town in, in the studio tonight. I'm very um, can't wait to get to this conversation started. So without further ado, can you please introduce yourself? My name is Nicole Callier, a.k.a. Terpene Trap Queen, and I am a creative journalist. Yeah. Let's salute you for having one of the better um, Instagram names, too. Terpene Trap Queen is like brand that. <laughs> right. I need to definitely get that uh, incorporated. Factuals, factuals, man. <laughs> well, thank you for coming by tonight. It really was a real chance opportunity that I had to have you live and in studio. Um, so I would like to get a little briefing about who you are before we do get started. So um, talk to us about your, I guess, basically your journalism background. Like, you know, just give people a little list of some of the outlets you've written for and some of the things you've done in the cannabis space. Yeah, so I've written from from everywhere, from Leafly to Mary Jane, Snoop's platform, Mary Jane, been featured on The Root, Thrillist, um, various media publications, and um, got started really doing the journalism thing like right out of college. So from Seattle, went to school out there, Right after college, I got an internship at Leafly and started writing from them. From them, and that's just how everything else kind of came into play. Word, man. So you, you, so the journalism bug hit you pretty early. It did. So I have a communications degree, so that's what I studied in school. I was gonna do journalism. I had like second thoughts about it. I was like, y'all were trying to tell me what to say a little bit. I thought it was too like political. Yo, and the check wasn't good. The like, che- you know what I'm saying? And, and the check was know, not gonna be like, good. Like it's crazy because I like did terrible in my journalism classes in college. So it's yeah, it's just crazy that that's kind of what I stuck with and yeah. continued to do. Yeah, I did too as well. You know, like I knew. Like I told my mom, I probably knew when I was in middle school I wanted to be a writer. It just didn't make sense to anybody, especially being a black kid growing up. If right. you tell somebody you want to be a writer, they're gonna look at you like you mean music, and you exactly. say <laughs> like, right. no, nah, I just want to be a journalist. Then they look at you and say, get a real job. You know what I mean? So, but I knew early that I wanted to be a writer, and um, around it was around college that I kind of discovered my voice, what I feel like is who I who I am even currently. Right. Um, how long did it take for you to kind of find your voice? You know, saying that the 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 person who is Nicole Callier, like, how long did it take for you to find that voice? It took me a while. It took me a long time, and I feel like I'm still finding my voice. You know, I feel like that's a constant journey, but I feel like as a child, I was, like, more um, soft-spoken and shy, and I feel like just with age, I, like, came into my own, and, like, definitely I would say probably, like, high school, like, 17, 16, like, definitely, like, have my own groove, my own style, and then from there just have continued to, like, just carve my own lane and figure myself out day to day, but it's a constant evolution so when you so when you did feel realize that you did want to write was the first thing cannabis or what what was your first what was your first um i guess genre to jump into yeah so like in college i had an internship for like the city so that's like the first opportunity i had with writing um but i would say i did like a communications internship and i was um like writing for the city so we're like writing articles for like their city publication and this is seattle this was actually yeah it was like a city outside of seattle so it was called burien that's the name of the city so i wrote for their like quarterly magazine and 
it was just random, but I actually like submitted some work from them to Leafly and that's how I got their attention. So it was like totally like outside of the cannabis industry, yeah. but definitely got me into that. That's crazy, you know, and I feel you because it's, it's one of them similar stories. Like I started off in hip hop, like there was yeah. no thought in my mind about doing nothing. Matter of fact, when you say the cannabis industry, even now, it's still kind of funny to me that I say this is an industry, but I had no clue I wanted to do this. It started off in hip hop first. Like that got me into this, this where we at currently. Um, so it's crazy how people get there, how people get to where we are right now in the weed life. So now you are in the weed life. Right. <laughs> it's my lifestyle. Yeah, this is this is 100% lifestyle, life. man. How did you get into the lifestyle in the first place though like when did we get to get to you so I definitely first started smoking like in high school mm. um like I have family members that smoke it was never like pushed on me or anything like yeah. that but it's definitely something that's always been like you know casual not casual but like something that my family's like embraced for what whether it's like medical reasons or just like um just part of like where they're from like my mom's from oakland you know so it's it's part of like the culture out there the bay that's what's up man so have you ever thought about why you smoke i mean i definitely think i smoke for like socially for sure but i definitely smoke for like medicinal reasons if i'm feeling stressed out if i'm feeling down um weed just makes me feel good like it just does (laughs) it makes me feel good like I feel good. There's nothing wrong with that. Weed should make you feel good. I mean, matter of fact, that's like the that's like the the tagline for weed. Like weed, it makes you feel good. It makes me feel good. I don't feel bad after I smoke usually. Um, I, you know, if I don't smoke, I don't have like withdrawals. You know what I'm saying? Like I just came out here from Seattle. I've been smoking, but like you know, like the week or you know week and a half that I wasn't smoking, it wasn't like I was feeling crazy. So I just feel like for me, it's definitely like my my medicine of choice. Got it. And it just react. Yeah, it's just the chemistry of my body, my lineage. It feels good and it feels right for me. Got but that's it. me personally. It's not going to be the same for everyone. No, of course not. You know, the experience of weed is, is different for everybody. Um, right. It's just one of them things. You know what I mean? Like, I know when, when I first started smoking weed, it, it was totally on a, it was almost like a dare. You know what I mean? Like, it, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it was almost like a dare. And I almost want, don't even want to embarrass you because I'm, I'm, I know I was smoking really good Reggie and I'm pretty sure you were smoking really good weed when you first started smoking Seattle, weed. Yeah, you know, Seattle is not like I'm going to have like, you know, bad weed, yeah. but you know, we're kind of bougie out there. When it comes you know, to yeah, yeah, they they are bougie. Yeah. <laughs> they, they will talk shit about your weed out yeah, there. Yeah, we will, we will. So you eventually moved into you. T- you eventually took your skill set. You moved it into the cannabis space. Um, thanks to your opportunity with Leafly. Um, what's it been like in that space so far? Like, talk to us about contributing to um everyone from dope to Mary Jane. Like, what what has that experience been so far? In, as far as working with them? It's been fulfilling, but it's definitely like a freelance life. So you're on the hustle, you're constantly reaching out, you're trying to build your network. Yeah. Um, you know, you're pitching ideas. It might, you not might not always get those yeses or those, you know, those responses that you want. So it's definitely a grind, but I just think with like the journalism and freelancing, like it's something that you can create your own schedule and things like that. Yeah. So actually you led me into one of the questions I wanted to ask you about. Um, you started off when you talk about constantly pitching, like I know that life. Um, mm-hmm. What's it like pitching? You know, when I'm, well, let me preface this first. Cannabis is a white space. Cannabis is a white-owned space. We know this. Like, a matter of right. fact, it's so white. I'm so sick of hearing people tell how small the number is of black people. Like, 1%, <laughs> right. you don't 
don't even say it. Just say we're not there. Exactly. <laughs> but we're really not there when it comes to media. And I, I've noticed that myself. You know, um, it really hit me. I mean, I, as I, when I was doing The Color Green, I knew that there, there wasn't a lot of black people involved in that just yet. But it really slapped me in the face when I started going to MJ BizCon. And I got my media pass. And you so walked in. Last year? I, yeah. Or last year? I was okay. in Vegas. I was in New Orleans. And when we pull up, I swear every single time I'm always shocked for some reason that I am the lone black person in this room. Or the or the first time I went, there was three of us. And we both joked about how if one didn't show up, there'd only be two or there'd only be one. Because they came as a pair. You right. know what I mean? So speak to us about being a black woman in this cannabis space trying to be in media. Like, how... What is your experience like as a black woman working with these white outlets and trying to pitch black stories to white outlets? I feel like that's what really got me into my lane of focusing more on our stories, like yeah. POC, black and Latino, um, just our stories. And like, because I felt like there wasn't a lane for that. Yeah. Like in the, the outlets that I was writing for and contributing to, it wasn't necessarily one, a lot of like black writers or contributors in the first place and they definitely weren't highlighting like black entrepreneurs or creatives in the cannabis space so I just felt like there was a whole lane to just really delve into and start covering that um, so that's kind of how legal trapping uh, came about and that's why a lot of my work does focus on just different different platforms as well and you know I also write for Estro Hay so I didn't mention them in the beginning but that's definitely a platform that is centered around highlighting um, women and people of color as well in the cannabis space so the opportunity to write for them was like perfect timing and definitely allowed me to not only connect with a lot of the you know black and brown people that we see moving and shaking in the industry which has helped me a lot in my network um but it really just carved a lane and like really um showed me that this is like kind of where i want my focus to be if i am going to be in the industry yeah yeah and i feel like you're in a great space because i'm glad you mentioned estro hayes um shout out to weed wine and weave as well i love seeing so many black women take a place in front of the mic and behind the mic when it comes to this um i've always media to me has always been something that's part of my heart i totally understand that representation matters i totally understand that if there's no black people in any of these editorial rooms there's not going to be black stories on this outlet period right so it's dope to see that people are taking that we're taking and um, control of that, especially black women. Um, seeing outlets like Estro Hayes, um, how much has that inspired you as far as watching them create their platform and watching them kind of build that up? It's definitely inspired me. Like, I'm very close with, with all of them. You know, I still communicate with them. I've been working with them for a few years, you know, um, and, like, have really... Yeah, just created dope content yeah. with them, you know, so I'm very proud of, like, the work um, and that the legacy that they're creating and proud to really um, have contribute to that. Yeah. You know, one thing I, I've... Um I've been able to contribute to a lot of places from XXL to Slam. I haven't had to um, face a lot of pitches when it comes to dealing in this space. From from Mary Jane's to none of them. I never had to pitch to any of them. Right. I wondered what it's like to pitch to that. Like, have you ever thought to yourself what I'm about to pitch to might be too black? I've done that before. Okay. <laughs> you feel me? I can, I can give you, like, instances where I know, like, you know, my intentions were good, pure. I wanted to tell our story, but they were like, ooh, yeah. Nicole, this, yeah. this is a little too much. This is black black. This is too, this <laughs> too, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if we can run this, or I might put something in the words or change, and I'm like, hold up, sis. Like, So that's what I'm saying. Like, We have to own our own, own stories and like be able to be on platforms where it's like we can be unapologetically ourselves because... We have gatekeepers in media and in everything, politics, you know? So it's all about, like, just creating our own platform because 
the truth sometimes will never be revealed unless we're, you know, doing that on our yeah. responsible for that. And for anybody watching, you know, again, you should if you're new to Cash Color Canvas, there's a lot of stage direction going on. Because <laughs> a like, lot of stuff happens. People call during people call during the show. I get text messages. A lot of stuff just happens around you know what here. I'm saying? That's how it is though. But I've always thought about that. Like, cause again, I've never had to do that. But i I see my own content and I see myself and I'm like, I I can see me getting denied a whole lot. Over, over here yeah. trying to pitch stories like constantly. That's just how it is though. I feel like that builds, you know, your character, tough skin. Yeah. Also working sales so it's like I hear no all the time like yeah. you just got to get used to that if you want to get to you know be where you want to be it's yeah. a mindset thing yeah so you legal trapping now I'm legal trapping what is what the hell is legal trapping legal trapping is a lifestyle legal trapping is a platform catered to young black entrepreneurs who are interested in the cannabis and hemp industries want to hear from other people that look like them who are currently involved in the industry um, whether that's through interviews pop-up events um, but it's all about just embracing the lifestyle like we created this um, trapping you know has there's become a negative connotation and I think when you think of like the cannabis industry I think of like generational wealth and I think of just um, putting a spin on it so yeah. legal trapping is all about not even being in the cannabis industry but like just you know the hustle the grind like putting your energy and efforts into you know building something that's bigger than yourself yeah, and you've done a good job. Um, I know that you've had a chance to do a couple of interviews so far. Um, what, who have been your favorite interviews so far as far as um, on the legal trapping side? Ooh, I've interviewed a few people. Yeah. I would say my favorite, I went to MJ BizCon. Yeah. How did I miss you? I don't know how we missed each other. I feel like I missed a lot in MJ BizCon because it was just so much going on. Yeah, especially Vegas. It was so Vegas, big. Vegas, it was my first time. I yeah. was like, whoa. You know, but it was it was cool. Um but some of my favorite, I mean, it's always good talking to my boy Shayun from um, out of Portland in Massachusetts. Yeah. So, um, yeah, our conversations are always dope. He always drops gems. Um, he dresses fly, too, man. Like yeah, that, he's a fly guy. Boy, he puts a lot of work into that, man. <laughs> I was like, sheesh, she needs to sell clothes. He's a fly huh? guy. He's a real <laughs> genuine dude, though. Like, he's yeah. a sweet soul, you know what I mean? Um, so it's always good catching up with him. It's always good catching up with Mary Pryor. I talked to her. Um, so, yeah, it's always good talking to those people who are always going to, like, keep it real with you and, like, give you some real game. Um, so, definitely, yeah. I mean, I, I interview, like, I talk to a lot of people. So, yeah. I have, I'm not going to say I have, like, favorite interviews because from everyone that I've talked to, whether it's, you know, my own legal trapping interviews or just, like, interviews for articles, I always learn something. And I feel like part of my knowledge and, like, how I've been able to involve evolve in this industry is just the fact that like being a journalist I can reach out and just like have a whole deep conversation with you and like pick up so much game yeah and like that's why my network is like kind of crazy just based on the journalism so I think for people who are looking to get into it like maybe you're not thinking of like journalism but like if you're looking to build your network people are always gonna be down to chop game and talk about themselves oh. so like <laughs> that was my methodical way like you know what I mean so that's actually a gym she just dropped I on just dropped a gym on people y love gotta, talking about themselves. they do man it's like you, you'll, you'll learn that quickly like you put a mic in front of somebody and they'll, t they'll tell you their whole entire story yeah you build that relationship <laughs> yeah. and it's like a reciprocal service like you're not just asking them for a favor you're like I can, you know, tell your story, you know, it's, yeah, I think 
you build real relationships where it's like transactional on both sides like people are you know receiving something both ways from it how long do you see that um we think that legal trap is going to be a rival for say a high times mary jane even a cash color cannabis like when y'all going to be up here and just be smacking us in the face man i feel like <laughs> it's coming soon yeah. it's definitely coming soon like I feel like the timing's right. I feel like it's all about, it's just been about building. Like the past three or four years for me, it's been about um, building not only my network, but my portfolio, like being able to just um, kind of stand on my own with my work and be able to like be proud of like what I've done, what I've done not only for like just cannabis culture, but like for the people that I've written about, yeah. like PR is crazy. You know, I feel like it's, it's helped a lot of people and I'm happy to, to say that um, I've contributed to that. Yeah, and again, I, 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 I totally feel like the media, and I think it's a conversation we don't have enough. When we talk about getting people of color, black people in general, into this space, we need more people like yourself. You know, I think that we need more, it's not just a cash color canvas thing, we need more of these hat popping up across the country because that's the best way to get people involved. Like, it's the second reason why I brought out the big Ebony's. Like, I grew up reading Ebony's and Jets and all those. It's like, it took me forever to realize what Forbes was, to be honest right. with you, because I had Black Enterprise. Uh -huh. And I think that we need to get to that space where it's, it's, it's less about, um, you know, what, trying to go and pitch a, a, a story that's totally black centered to high times, and then some versus, um, we gotta get to the point where people are coming to pitch you that story, or coming right. to pitch Cash Color Canvas that story, and stop trying to run around that circle of we need to get this type of level of, of, of acceptance from people. Right, yeah. and that's what a lot of people, you know, they wanna be in the, the big name publication. Yeah. I think that's fine, of course, for like PR, you wanna have a, a large audience, but you also wanna target who your consumer base Fast. is going to be. Fast. And that's not necessarily the people that are going to be supporting you. The people no. that are going to be supporting you are tuned in right now. You know, yeah. people that are supporting yeah. you are following you on Instagram. Like, yeah, so people got to get that. That's a whole another. that's a mindset thing. Yeah, like, yeah, well, we, we going to get out that mindset as far as I'm concerned <laughs> in, in this space. Because what I, and, and again, it's about the respect for the media. I feel like we done thrown around the term lamestream media and fake news so much that you don't respect actual media. Right. And, and we need to, um, yeah, we need more views. We need more of this happening so people can understand that, no, this, it's, it's real. This is a real job, and we take this really serious. And we're trying to tell real stories out here, not just trying to give you quick sound bites and quick, you know, saying, like like just little quick shits you could you could you could digest real quick right yeah so i'm very impressed i love i i, I want to see legal trap and become become something big i want to see you booming with trap houses all across the country <laughs> <laughs> yes legal trap houses all across the country Fact. yeah you know I, that's that's the like the i the idea you know the ideal would be to like definitely have people who were previously incarcerated for cannabis like just employ them and create real opportunities yeah. and i think it's all about like i said generational wealth is like big for me and just doing things that um empower not only ourselves but the people around us and i feel like yeah this cannabis and hemp is definitely an industry where we can heal in so many different ways yeah is there anybody you haven't interviewed that you want to speak to um, there's a lot of people. Like, I definitely want to, like, you know, interview, like, the Whoopi Goldbergs who are doing cannabis, you know. Yeah. I would love to interview um, just a lot of people. Like, I mean, I can't, there's a lot of names. Like, I would love to interview Jay-Z. Like, what's up with, you know, your cannabis ventures? I'd love to interview, um... 
tons of people. I feel like me and Wiz Khalifa are long overdue. I, like, I, oh, yeah, I, yeah. Wiz, I think me and Wiz should have been happy. That's what I'm saying. There's so many people that I haven't interviewed that I would like to interview. Yeah. So are we going to get you down here in Atlanta full time, or what's that like? I'm trying to make that transition. You know, I grew up in Georgia. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say Atlanta. I used to live in Marietta. <laughs> she said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not about to false claim on y'all real quick. That's funny. You know, so I used to stay in Marietta. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a vibe and a different energy out here compared to Seattle. Um, and I think legal chopping would just fit so perfectly out here in, in Atlanta. Yeah. You know, the brand be a lot of support, I think. It definitely would, man. We got we got a lot of space for a lot of trap houses out here, right? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> let's yeah, let's figure out how we could uh capitalize off of this legally. I'm, I feel you. So where where do we see where do you think we're gonna see you in ten years? In ten years. In ten Ooh. years. In this decade. Where are we gonna see you going into the next decade? Oh. Okay, so I'm definitely on my, my entrepreneur ish. Mm. So I see me, you'll see me. Definitely doing some stuff in the cannabis space. Maybe owning a, a PR, media, some type of something like that. Um, definitely doing something with like real estate and cannabis. I'm interested in that. Oh, that's that. real money. You know what I'm saying? Whether that's commercial, real estate. But yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to really generational wealth. I'm going to yeah. drop that again. So real estate and cannabis, that has my mind twirling right now how that's gonna fit um yeah i just see me you know 10 years being fulfilled hopefully happy you know great people around me um but really on my business ish and really like running things um whether it's like my own cannabis ventures or, or otherwise yeah. well I think it's dope. I think you have the ability to do all that. And I feel like you're yeah. going to be a, a, a great gateway to other people, you know what I'm saying? Coming into space and feeling like, yeah, I could be a journalist and yeah, I can do this. And I already smoke weed. You know what I'm saying? Let, <laughs> right. let me make this lifestyle into something else. So I'm definitely yeah. a fan. I think it's dope. Um, before we get out of here, can you tell people how they can find you on social media if they want to contact you, even if they want to pitch you a story? Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram at Terpene Trap Queen. That's T E R P E. N-E, Trap Queen. You can follow Legal Trapping 101. You can check out my work at NicoleCallier.com. That's N-I-C-O-L-L-E-C-A-L-L-I-E-R. So double L's on y'all. Yeah. Dot com. Facts. Yeah, facts. You know double saying? L's double on y'all. Double L's on y'all. Double L's. And um, yeah, just check me out. You know what I'm saying? Support. But you can reach out to me. Last name dot Nicole at Gmail. I'll definitely I'm always down to help, always down to connect folk. Um, that's what it's about. That's what's up. Also, I didn't get a chance to shout this out, but the J the Jays, man. Oh, you know, I had like, to flex on them. <laughs> like, did you see the Jays? Like, you know, like I had to flex on them. What? She pulled the me shoes and out. She, real made, cool. she made me feel bad. I was like, I thought I had the clean joints cool. today. Yeah. <laughs> me and Virgil, real cool. <laughs> that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. I love them. Oh, and my shirt though. Oh yeah, I forgot she got to return them. Let me let me do like I'm not even oh. yelling out my own brand. Yeah, you know <laughs> she rocking Atlanta's clothing today too. Yes, with the off white. She's all in trend. She's all on trend right now. <laughs> Nicole, thank you so much for coming through. It's really a blessing to have you. Hopefully, we can have you as part of Cash Color Campus one day, man. I'd love to have you contribute a story yeah. or some stuff we work on. You know, on. I did a little piece with, uh, well, me and 
Tiana co-wrote something. Oh yeah, you sure did. You sure did. Yeah. yeah. You know. You I know Tiana's a homie, man. I love her too. She did her real estate and cannabis vibe too. Yes, you I gotta know, do a Tiana real quick. Them, I don't think, but you know. Gotta do a Tiana before I leave. Yes. <laughs> Tiana came through here. Her and our sister Rogers came through here yes. last year, just yassing all over the place. Shout out to both of them. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. It's all about the the connects. Facts, man. Well, I thank you very much for coming through. Um, definitely kick it with us. We got another interview coming oh, through. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna stick around. Stick around please it's tuesday night live it's cash yes. color cannabis a high level of conversation on live hip hop daily.tv